Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, and sitting across the table from me today is Betsy Dixon. And we first heard about Betsy because we did a story on a weekend backpack program from the Regional Food Bank, and the reporter said, you've just got to talk to this woman. She is so enthused about what she does. So welcome, Betsy. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm really glad to be here. Well, if you could just tell us a little about yourself first. I, this is new territory because I've never met Betsy before, but just how, who are you and how did you become passionate about getting food to people that need it. Great. Well, thanks for thanks for again thanks for having me. Um, my path to the food bank is a bit more rambling than most people expect. I actually um, was a graduate of Voorheesville um, High School in 2001, so I'm local. Hello to everyone local. Um, and then spent my freshman year of college as a zoology major at SUNY Oswego. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, met my now husband um, and decided that I wanted to come to SUNY Albany to uh, pursue my sociology degree. Um, and from there, through a couple of different interactions, I was um, connected with the food bank. Um, I've been there now almost 11 years and um, started out working with our partner, food pantry, soup kitchens, shelters, residential programs for folks with disabilities. Um, and then as kids programs became more of a focus of our organization, um, started that as a small little pet project with one school in Schoharie, um, and slowly but surely expanded the program until it's now a full-time um, program at the Regional Food Bank. We serve 190 schools across 20 counties, serving 5,500 students each Friday. Oh, my goodness. Well, we want to focus on that, but just to take a little side trip, can you give us kind of an overarching idea of what the food bank is? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So the Regional Food Bank, our main goal is to um, provide food to people in poverty. So we cover 23 counties in New York State. We go all the way up to the Canadian border, so we serve Plattsburgh and Malone, and as far south as Westchester County. So we serve folks in Rockland County, Orange County, Dutchess County, and then as far west as Otsego and Delaware County, so Delhi and Oneana. So if you look at, if you kind of picture New York State in your mind, we serve the entire um, eastern side of the state. It's, it's, it's the largest food bank in New York State. It's 23 counties. Um, we use the um, kind of bookmark of a third of the state is our service area. And to talk about the program that started small with Schoharie, I think most of our listeners are probably aware there's federal funding for school lunches, mm-hmm. um, but few of us think about what happens to those kids on the weekend. Right. And how how did this Harry School and the food bank first come to work on this? How, right. how did that evolve? So we started looking at the services that we were providing. So again, we work with food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters, residential programs for folks with disabilities. But all of those programs are really catered towards adults. So an adult would go to a food pantry to access the food for their household, or an adult may go to the soup kitchen and perhaps bring their children with them. But really, the adults are making the 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 trek and the decision to utilize those services. And so we said, well, we are really missing 
a very vulnerable subset of the population in children. Um, so whether the parents aren't able to access the food pantry because of work schedules or transportation issues, um, or they're just not willing to go there, there's still kids who we can, can reach. And of course, the most logical um, first step was evaluating who existing partners were that we could use as a conduit to get the food out to the kids. So of course, we said, well, schools. Kids are in school five days a week. Um, they're there. They're getting their free and reduced breakfast and lunches during the week. But of course, on the weekends when, when school's not in session, um, these there's no programs designed to serve them explicitly. Um, so we started in Schoharie, actually. We started with our executive director's wife is a social worker in Schoharie. Wasn't that a handy yeah, connection? It was beautiful. Um, and they're still um, are one of our strong programs. Um, and actually, Mark Quant, our executive director, still every week loads up his car and takes the backpack program uh, food to Schoharie. Um, so it was a really natural fit to start in Schoharie because we kind of had a safe space. We had a place to do a little bit of trial and error, say what works, what doesn't, um, fine-tune the processes that eventually would lead us to the strong program. Um, So we worked with Schoharie exclusively for one year just to make sure that things were flowing as they should. And then we started to expand and secured some grants. Um, And so now, as I said, we're in 20 counties um, and serving 5,500 kids. So from 20 kids in 2005 to 5,500 in 2016 and 17. And um, we're looking at for the 2017-18 school year, we're looking at about 250 more kids through um, a couple of different partnerships that we're cultivating. So the need is really there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, school breakfast and lunch does a great job providing kids with food on the weekends. Our partner food pantries and soup kitchens just give of themselves time and time again. Um, but unfortunately, all of the resources that are available just aren't quite enough to help um, the most at-risk kids. So the backpack program is really a great way to fill the gaps and to get food to kids where they are. Um, and so with the backpack program, we try and keep the food to our target population. So we want food that is kid-friendly, easy to prepare, and shelf-stable. So what kind of food is that? Great. So we are talking for breakfast. So we send two breakfasts with every bag. So it's things like graham crackers or a box of cereal or oatmeal or um, granola bars. So basic kid-friendly items. Um, and then we include three entrees. So what we envision is either breakfast or lunch for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so things like peanut butter and jelly, macaroni and cheese, um, canned soups. What else do we include? SpaghettiOs, tuna fish, really just basic kid-friendly foods um, that the kids, hopefully if they don't have a lot of adult supervision at home, can prepare on their own. That's what I was going to ask. So kids can make this themselves? That's the idea. And do they often share that food with their family? Is that a... We do see that pretty frequently in the evaluations that we've done to monitor the um, effectiveness of the program. We do see that um, while the kids bring the food home and they do know that it is designed to serve them, chances are... There's hungry siblings or other family members or other folks who live in the household. And so they do share the food. About 98% of the kids who receive the bag share the food amongst the whole household. Well, we at the Enterprise, 
were surprised. Um, we heard about this program through a business teacher and social worker mm-hmm. at the Gilderland schools. Yes. And you think of Gilderland as um, a sort of wealthy or at least middle-class suburban community where Schoharie, maybe because of all the publicity about Irene and, and rural the hunger. need there yes. and rural. Yeah. So if you could just talk about, and then in looking around, we discovered Voorheesville too mm-hmm. has um, this program going. Um, can I, there probably is no typical child that's getting this, but if you could just describe some of the communities that you serve, and maybe it would make people aware, because we weren't, of the hunger right in our midst. Absolutely. So nationally, we're looking at a statistic of one in six children um, dealing with food insecurity, which is another word for regular hunger and not being not knowing where their next meal is coming from. Um, And that's across the board. And what we see is we do experience some shock and sometimes consternation from schools who say, well, there's not, there's not hunger in my, in my school district or community members who say there can't be hunger. You know, we're, we're in a pretty well-to-do area. Um, But what we say is, you know, there's always pockets of low-income folks in every school um, who could benefit from this program. So they might not, they might be working, but they might not be meeting, making ends meets, or they may, be have some sort of disability or illness in the household. Um, and so our goal with the backpack program is always to um, target the kids who are most at risk. Um, we serve a pretty wide variety of school populations. So we have a robust backpack program in Schenectady, Albany, and Troy, where, you know, given the demographics, you would expect to see something like that. But we're also, as you said, in Voorheesville and Gilderland, we have a really strong backpack program in Shenandoah. Um, Shenandoah, while it does kind of have a reputation as a, as a relatively affluent area um, with lots of business going on, also has one of the largest trailer parks in the state. So you're going to see some high need within those kind of sub pockets within the school community. Um, so even though schools may have or areas may have a reputation of not needing help there are going to be less visible pockets within that community that could use the help and so our goal is to regardless of what the reputation of an area is is to target the kids who are most at risk for hunger we have very rarely when we've gotten down to kind of brass tacks with our school personnel heard well you know we we have 15 bags but we simply can't fill 50 we can't find 15 kids who are hungry the conversation we have 99.9% of the time is we could use more bags because now as we've started looking and we know some of the indicators of childhood hunger, we could use more bags because as you dig, um, one thing we see with childhood hunger is some kids will work very hard to hide what they're dealing with at home. Um, They will hoard food. They will steal food. um, They will try to go through the lunch line multiple times um, without being outright saying, you know, my cupboards are bare at home. And so as schools become more aware through the backpack program and other initiatives that hunger is an issue in their community, they, they kind of have a aha moment and say, there is hunger in our community and there is more that we can do. So do schools come to you? Do you go to them? How, if there's somebody listening that it might be from a community that doesn't have this 
in their school now? What? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so generally, schools approach us with interest in the backpack program. Um, occasionally, we will be able to secure a either school district specific or area specific grant that allows us to bring the backpack program into a specific school, and then we um, reach out to the appropriate players. Then, but more often than not, schools reach out to us. Just say, you know, they heard about it from their neighboring school district, or they stumbled across it on. Line or they saw some sort of um, information about the program through various avenues. Um, and so from really that first contact on, we start to form partnerships with all of our schools. And they're very, they're very dynamic. We work with a lot of really cool people. Um, but we work with them one-on-one. One of my favorite things about the backpack program is that it's privately funded. 99% of oh, our that programs. That was one of my questions. Yeah, the they're privately it. funded. So whether it be through PTA or um, a local commu- church community or a service organization or just kind of individual community members who make this happen, um, it's privately funded, which means we can, we can kind of cater the program to each individual school's needs. Um, so... Included in our bags, generally, we provide every other week a milk card good for a gallon of milk at Stewart's. And so that's a really great way to get fresh milk to kids who otherwise may not have access to it because they're Stewart's everywhere. At least so I thought when I started this. <laughs> there are. But lo and behold, there are not stewards oh, everywhere, okay. particularly in the more southern part of our service area. Um, there's not a lot of stewards. And so once we learned that that was an issue, we were able to say, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to use stewards milk cards. Instead, we will use um, non-perishable shelf-stable milk. So milk, um, essentially milk boxes that don't require refrigeration, so like a Parmalat. Um, and so we're able to cater the program to each – each school's kind of quirks and needs to make sure that it's really meeting the needs without being too time intensive or labor intensive to essentially the volunteers. So generally bags, the backpack program is coordinated by school staff, but really they're stepping outside their traditional role as educators to make sure this backpack program happens. And so they volunteer their time. There's, this is not a part of their job duties. They see this as a need within their school community, and they work to make the program a reality. And so our goal is to make the adjustments so that it's as simple and straightforward for them because this is one very, very small part of what they do um, on a given week as educators. Yes, and there's all kinds of research on well-fed students are much better at learning. Absolutely. So it's certainly... Yeah, we have seen, we did a pretty comprehensive evaluation of the backpack program in Schenectady City School District. Um, we serve a thousand school, uh, excuse me, a thousand students in Schenectady in every, every, every elementary school and middle school in Schenectady receive the backpack program. So it's our largest backpack program by far. Um, but we looked at um, attendance. We looked at educational and academic benchmarks. And we also looked at um, disciplinary actions. Sorry. Um, we looked at um, so basically referrals into the discipline system. Mm-hmm. And what we saw for backpack programs for backpack participants is when they started receiving the backpack program, their grades, while they didn't necessarily improve, some did improve, none of them backslid. So none of them did worse than they did the previous year. 
their attendance improved. They were in the classroom on an average of six days more than the previous year. Um, and so what that means is access to the students. Kids are in school. Teachers have access to them so they can get them the information and the positive role modeling um, that they need. And then disciplinary actions also decline. So um, what I, I'm a proud mom of two little ones. And when they're hungry, I know because all of a sudden my well-behaved, usually well-behaved little angels um, become a whole different animal. And so the same applies to students. When they're hungry, they can't learn, they misbehave. And so by providing them with this food, um, we've seen those three key indicators um, improve so that they're in class, they're ready to learn, and they're focused, and they you know, really stand a better chance at, at succeeding. That's just wonderful. <laughs> this letter that we received that got us to find out about you um, was because the Gilderland folks were trying to raise funds, mm-hmm. as you say, privately funding. And I'm just wondering if someone's listening, if, you know, if you're not part of a particular school, maybe your kids are older mm-hmm. or you don't have them, is there a way people can contribute to the program, you know, kind of in a general sense, if they're not one of these, you know, satellite individual Absolutely. programs? If folks want to go to our website, and that's regionalfoodbank.net, um, and click the Donate Now box. Um, on our donation page, there's an opportunity to, to select the backpack program um, in its kind of general function, um, which helps provide operational expenses. So things like the trucks, the drivers, the staff, um, the storage space to make the program tick. Um, but if folks want to designate a specific school, so folks wanted to do- designate to, we've been talking about Gilderland, the back- Gilderland Backpack Program, um, they can simply type that in under the program designation, and those, 100% of those funds will go on account for Gilderland's Backpack Program. So there is a way to support the program on a um, not a specific school level, and then of course, if there's a program that's near or dear to people's hearts, um, they can indicate that, and we put those funds directly on the account for that school. Wonderful. So another question I had, too, that's kind of dicey. Is is there a stigma involved in this? In other words, do kids feel um, singled out? I remember we had an issue before the school system started having almost credit cards for lunches. You know, yep. kids in the federal lunch program, right. they wouldn't sign up, even their families, because mm-hmm. they felt um, somehow this made them lesser in the eyes of their peers. Absolutely. Um, Well, we were very, very sensitive to that when we started this program because I think, like you were envisioning, the kids were being afraid of being laughed and pointed at and saying, ha ha, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to take extra food home on the weekends. Um, And so we work very diligently to make sure that the bags, the actual vessels, their backpacks that the bags, that the food goes home in is very nondescript. So they're just standard backpacks, no logos, no insignias, just plain old backpacks. Um, But what we found as we expanded the program a little bit is that children are aware that there's need in our country. They hear the news. They hear about people losing their jobs. I think that hunger in America has become a reality for kids these days. And so it's not as much of a secret. And so I'll never forget I was at a bag I was at a bag packing one day where the um, 
student service organization was packing the bags to go home with participating children. And one of the students who was in this service organization was also a recipient of the backpack program. And so as she was going along packing the bags, she said, oh, good, this week we get SpaghettiOs. I love SpaghettiOs. And the little girl right next to her said, you're in this program? And, she, and, the, and the, the little girl said, yeah, yep, I am. And there was no real shame or anything. It was just kind of a fact of the matter. And her friend said to her, well, why are you getting this food? Which is a very delicate subject and caused my heart to stop. Mm. But, you know, the, the school social worker was kind of observing, so I, I didn't feel like I needed to step in. And the little girl just kind of very matter-of-factly said, my family's having a little bit of a hard time right now, and this food helps us eat on the weekends. And her friend said, oh, cool. And back they went to packing the bags and, you know, talking about whatever they were talking about. And so I think kids are much more astute these days to the need in their community. Um, and we, when we ask the question of our participating school staff about do you see any sort of stigma or bullying or mocking, they say it, it comes across very, very rarely that they see it. Um, what what the responses have been is this just becomes part of the weekly routine is that on Fridays before kids some kids go home they get a backpack full of food and that's the end of it um, there's no real questions we do tell kids to keep the bags closed until they get home so not to open them on the school bus not to um, you know spread the word about they have all sorts of goodies in their bags <laughs> um, but um, you know, we don't we don't see a tremendous amount of stigma affiliated with the program. That's wonderful. I love that anecdote because yeah. maybe it's we adults who, who uh, I, I have these prejudices and kids just see reality. Yes, that's great. That's... Well, and hunger used to be something we don't want to talk about. We don't, right. you know, we keep we don't talk about what's going on across the street or down the street mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think kids are a bit more astute and they've been exposed to more. You know, we went through the recession mm-hmm. and that was just a fact of the matter. People were losing jobs and their retirements were gone and all these circumstances happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kids have just realized that this is, um, this is the landscape that they live in now is that there's those, if they're lucky enough not to be in need, there are those of kids that are in need. So what happens over the summer? Is there any kind of a program to fill in if they become really to expect this regular kind right. of Right, yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we have a two-pronged approach to dealing with childhood hunger in, during the summer. Um, the first one is a natural extension of the backpack program is just our summer backpack program. Um, so we work with... Um, different schools. We actually have a really robust summer backpack program in Schoharie County um, that's sponsored by the United Way. That's a partnership with the Joshua Project um, where we deliver backpacks every week to children's homes um, throughout the summer. Um, I mean, someone drives from home to home. Isn't yes, that remarkable? Yeah, so yeah. you must have really dedicated volunteers. I can't take credit for that one smidge. It's the folks at the Joshua Project. And I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Pat Costello and Rick and Karen Connor. They are angels and they have incredible volunteers. You know, they have, we do about 135 bags throughout Schoharie County that serves um about 160 families, I think. Um, and they get like 40 volunteers in on a, every Wednesday throughout the summer. Folks come in and they pack the bags and it's 
an incredible like like it's like you're at like the Ford conveyor belt. Like they have a system <laughs> and it's beautiful. Um, but the summer backpack program is designed to fill the needs when the school year backpack program isn't in place. Um, and then also at the food bank, we run what's called the summer food service program or SFSP. And that is essentially the summertime component to the free and reduced breakfast and lunch program that the schools offer. So it's a federally funded program. um, And what we do is we work with YMCAs and camp programs and um, sometimes even just um, summer school programs or programs that are just located at a park or or a, a city pool. And we will deliver freshly made breakfasts and lunches Two students there throughout the whole summer, and there's no there's no charge to the kids or their parents to access that those meals. And the great thing is there's no signups, so kids can go to the park or to the community center, show up at lunchtime, and get a free Just meal. Impromptu, impromptu, mm-hmm. no questions asked, no income requirements, no residency restrictions. Literally, if you're 18 or under and you show up during meal service, you receive a meal, um, and so. That's not because of kind of the logistical restrictions. That's not as well as widely dispersed. Um, Right now we target our service in Amsterdam, Albany, Glens Falls, uh, Columbia County, and a couple down in Ulster County. So places where you have a higher concentration yes. of youngsters that yeah, might use exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The struggle is oftentimes in the summer is transportation. So we have to take the program into places where... There will be kids because we really, we, in order to make the program sustainable, we can't serve one or two meals. We have to find where there's a clump of kids mm-hmm. that we can serve. So that's why it's a really natural fit for camps, um, community programs, pools, where kids are already Anyone going to be. Sure. Right. Um, and so we can um, get them the meals. So if someone's listening that is, as you use the phrase, food insecure, and they think, wow, I didn't know about this, and my child could benefit. How do they go about They contact their local school? They contact the food bank? Yeah, yep. So referrals for the backpack program are based exclusively on um, school staff referrals. So the philosophy we use is that school staff know their students. Mm -hmm. They know, you know, what's going on with the students in school. They may know a bit about what's going home, going on with the students at home. And so um, we let school staff make the referrals. And so if someone is interested in enrolling a student into a backpack program, um, the first step would be to contact the school to find out if their school is participating in our program and then to talk to the coordinator. And generally it's the school social worker, the school nurse, um, or sometimes even the school principal about seeing if the child can get referred into the program. Um, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of our programs are at their funding maximum. So they have funding for 15 bags. They're serving 15 kids, sometimes even 16 on the on the slide. They got one extra one in there. But then can you jump up to 30? Or does that work that way? Or is each school just 15? No, we allow our schools. Really, it's based on funding. Mm-hmm. So some schools serve 18 kids because they have funding for 18. Mm-hmm. Um, our minimum threshold for a backpack program is 15. So they have mm-hmm. to have secure funding and have 15 kids that they can serve. Um, but once they get beyond that, they can serve based on the need. So I get calls all school year long is, 
I have a new kid who just moved into the district. The need is very dire. I've secured the funding to get them enrolled in the program. I'd like to start sending them a bag. And I say, okay, let's, your next delivery, we'll send you one more, we'll send you food for one more child. I see. So the 15 is just the minimum. And then you can add to that as the Correct. need arises. Yeah. And we have backpack programs, as I said, in Schenectady that are a thousand. Um, but we, you know, have backpack programs that serve 30, 90, 165. I mean, really, um, again, the flexibility of the program allows us to cater the program to what the school's needs are. So if there's a need that comes up in the middle of the school year to add an additional kid, um, we make sure that we work with them to get that student enrolled. So what's included in these lunches? Yeah, great question. Um, So each bag, the bags weigh on average about 12 pounds. Um, They include two breakfast items, so a box of cereal and a couple of oatmeal packets or a graham cracker packet and granola bars. Um, We have a couple of different breakfast entrees, or excuse me, breakfast items that we work through. Um, We also include three entrees, so breakfast or lunch for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Things like peanut butter and jelly, macaroni and cheese, SpaghettiOs, tuna fish soup, you know, just kind of traditional kid fare. Um, We also include a loaf of bread. Um, a two juice boxes, 100% juice whenever possible, fresh fruit. We are one of the only backpack programs in the country that with any regularity distributes fresh fruit. So things like apples and oranges, kid-friendly stuff that doesn't require a lot of preparations, apples, oranges, um, bananas, um, as well as snack items. So, you know, kids are still kids and they like those cookies and that popcorn and those kind of chocolatey granola bars. Um, and then we also include every other week a milk card, good for a gallon of milk at Stewart's. And that, by and large, has been one of the most beneficial um, items that we include in the bag when we evaluate the, the impact of the program is the milk card because milk is a luxury oftentimes that folks can't afford. Um, and so they can go to their local steward shop and redeem the card. It's only good for a gallon of 1% or skim milk. Um, but they have access to that f- a gallon of milk, which can last, you know, uh, kids a couple a couple of days at the least, and certainly has lots of good nutrients for them to help them grow and, and thrive. For calcium, for bones and teeth that are growing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you're a mother of two young children. Tell me a little about that. Sure. So I have a four-and-a-half-month-old at home, little Wyatt, and I have... Abby, who's three. They are the apple of their mother and father's eye and their whole family. Um, But being a relatively new parent has really drastically changed how I looked at this program. Um, Now that I'm a parent, I can't imagine not being able to feed my kids and not being able to just stretch the resources that were available to me and how it would change my whole world perspective on, you know, if my kids are hungry, like, Nothing else matters. Um, and so that perspective has really brought brought this program home to me. And it carries so much more weight now for me personally than it used to. Um, you know, making sure that these kids are well-fed is of the utmost importance to their parents, I'm sure, and also to us. Well, this has been enlightening. We've gone through our time very quickly. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you think is important for people to know? I sometimes miss the most important thing to someone. Um, I think the message that we work to get out there is that hunger, people don't walk around with billboards on their back that says, I'm hungry and, you know, I'm a, I'm a stereotypical hungry person. Um, 
It's invasive. It's quiet. It does not announce its presence all the time. Um, so, you know, think about your community, think about your friends and, and, you know, support those who are, who are hungry. You can't do anything if you're hungry. You know, you can't, you can't go to school and you can't, well, you could go to school, but you're not going to learn as much as if you were well fed. You can't concentrate. You're distracted. Um, you know, as an adult, it's hard to work if you're hungry. It's hard to focus. Um, so, you know, just have compassion. Have compassion for those who are hungry. Um, the circumstances may not even be under in their control. The, the background why they're hungry may not be in, in their control. Um, to put food in someone's belly is not going to fix all their problems, but it's a basic human right that they should have access to, to, to good food. And it gives them a way to solve their problems. Yes. Yeah. And just your advice, I'm going to end on that because it works for everything, not just hunger. Have compassion. Thank you, Betsy. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Great.